0: You can only imagine that that simple night where most people had no clue what was going on. And when you really think about it, that night can be very emotional. The night was quiet. I'm sure the scene was very surreal. The cattle were lowing. I don't even know what lowing means. And Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, it says this, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and he was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The last song that Jed set up here, O Holy Night, There's a phrase in there that I really want to zero in on tonight. I really want you to to get this, where the song says, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. Church, I believe that every single one of us we could agree that we do live in a weary world, don't we? We live in a weary world and it can be overwhelming. There's so much anxiety, there's the, the economy is struggling, the, lots of relationships are messed up, and every third person seems to have some kind of disease, and church, we know that families are struggling. It's like we're fighting to stay above water. So, so many of us tonight, we can relate to that phrase, the weary world, but I love more than anything what that song says next it says there is a thrill of hope. A thrill of hope. That maybe, just maybe, those who were putting their faith in God for centuries, that they they had hoped that the one that they would call the Messiah would be born. And one day everything would be different. It would be completely different forever and ever. And you can hear that kind of faith when they said that there was a thrill of hope. Then suddenly, what does the world do? The Bible says, the weary world rejoices. The weary world rejoices, and I pray tonight, my prayer for every single person is here, that if there is any weary in you tonight, if there is any weary at all in you, that you can experience the true thrill of hope. In the Old Testament, the year 856 BC, over 800 years before Jesus was born, Jerusalem had fallen and the people were distraught and Jeremiah was struggling. And he wrote in Lamentations chapter 3, he said this in verse 20, I well remember them and my soul is downcast in me. And he goes on to say in verse 21, he says, yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Church, my prayer for you tonight is that you have hope. That you have hope that God is doing what he says he was going to do. That that God's promises will never be broken. That you can have a hope for for a future. And then verses 22 and 23 goes on to say this. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his passions never fail. They are new every morning great is thy faithfulness Church how many of you need a new day I'm talking about you really and truly you need a new day And what we all need more than anything is a new day with Christ a brand new day with Christ And then it goes on to say in Lamentations chapter 3 verse 24 it says this I say to myself the Lord is my portion Therefore, I will wait for him. Tonight, church, we are expecting. We're waiting. We're waiting for what it is that God has promised. And in that verse right there where it says, the Lord is my portion. When the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, God would give them their daily portion of food. He would give them exactly what they need. And a lot of times at Christmas, you know, we talk about presents and we we all go out and we scramble for gifts for our loved ones. And a lot of times for Christmas, we get what we want, but we don't always get what we need. I remember growing up at Christmas, I remember getting socks and underwear every year for Christmas. That's not what I wanted. But my mom said, that's what I needed. (laughs) And church, really and truly what all of us need tonight, it's not going to be what you're going to get tomorrow. It's not going to be where you go home and you you fall asleep tonight and your kids, they're Christmas crazy already, aren't they? And you're going to wake up in the morning and a lot of you can't even wake up at 8 o'clock, but boy, tomorrow you'll be up at 6 because you're eager, you're expectant of good things. But tonight, we recognize the fact that God knew what mankind needed. He knew exactly what you and I needed and we needed a savior and tonight we're here to celebrate his birth. Many of you, if you're under the age of 12, you're thinking about tomorrow. And even some of us adults, you know what, we're thinking about tomorrow too. Maybe you're thinking about what presents it will be getting, or, or maybe you're thinking about what family will be around, and maybe some of you, you're struggling because you're thinking about what family won't be around. We think about our loved ones. We wonder, are they gonna like what I got them? Maybe this evening you're struggling And thinking what tomorrow will bring, even for your health. But you know what, church? Here's the good news. God is already in tomorrow. He's already there. He is already in tomorrow. And his strength will sustain you. If you're depressed today, I want you to know that God can be your joy tomorrow. You know, if you're weak today, I want you to know that God can be your strength tomorrow. See, church, when Jesus came, he was the gift that we exactly needed. He was what every single one of us needed. And tomorrow, church, things are going to be different, aren't they? You're going to go home tonight, and I bet your tree looks beautiful. I bet the presence looks nice underneath it. And tomorrow, it's going to be a disaster. Your house will be a wreck. The kids will be all hopped up on Christmas. But also, I want you to know that tomorrow, everything will change. As we think back to when Jesus was born, do you realize that tomorrow changed everything? It was a new day with Christ. A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need, and what you need is the presence of God. Imagine his presence, his reality, his strength, his power, his goodness. Church, imagine his portion for you, that he will supply your portion exactly what you need. And so therefore, church, we wait for him. A lot of kids tonight are waiting for someone, but I want you to know that that brand new day that we're going to get tomorrow, things can be different. Church, no matter what we go through in life, doesn't it always seem if you let it happen that tomorrow, it looks different, doesn't it? Today, maybe you're falling apart, but if you really have a good perspective, if you let God give you perspective, tomorrow will be different. And so tomorrow, as we celebrate Christ's birth, I hope that tomorrow is different for you. See, it's the thrill of hope. It's about faith in the darkness. It's the belief that there's a new morning coming out of the middle of chaos, In Lamentations 3, verse 25, it says this, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Church, the Bible says that he is good to us. When your hope is in him, he is good to you. When your faith is in him, he is good to you. When you are seeking him, and Jeremiah says, And when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you declares the Lord. So tomorrow, church, depending on what your perspective is, you're going to find what you're looking for. You really are. If you're looking for joy, you're going to find joy. If you're looking for peace, church, you're going to find peace. If you're looking for strength, you're going to find strength. And to many of us, we're putting our hope in the wrong places. You know that gift that you struggled so bad To get your child, maybe to get your spouse, to get your best friend. I mean, you looked everywhere and you finally found it. Some of us, we put our hope in that gift saying, man, that's going to be a game changer for them. It might be tomorrow. But I'm talking about permanence, church. I'm talking about reality. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. Church, he is what we need. Do you realize you can live 40 days without food do you realize that you can live eight days without water you can even live four minutes without oxygen but we can only lo- live a few seconds without hope and to many of us we're putting our hope in the wrong places in church when we put our hope in the wrong places we start to end up hopeless we become hopeless and we become the weary world that wonders, like, God, where are you? We become the weary world that you're like, man, where is the goodness in it? So this evening, church, I ask you, where is your hope? Where is your hope tonight? Last verse I want to read to you is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says this let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful so church can you imagine on that night that jesus was born for centuries the people were waiting waiting and wondering like when is he coming Is this going to be it? Is he the one? Is he the one that God promised us? And so tonight, church, I want you to think about God's promises in your life. He promised you a Savior. And that's exactly what you have if you want him. If you want him. And so tonight I want to encourage you not to lose hope. Tonight I want to encourage you to hold on to the hope we profess. Tonight I want to encourage you to be excited. Not just excited for the gifts tomorrow, but for what we celebrate this evening, the coming of Jesus. And I'm talking about, church, the thrill of hope. See, Jesus is the real thing. He is. When, that announce, when the announcements of a baby is coming into a family, you know, you see all these big reveals that happen and everybody gets all excited. Some people get crazy. But when the announcement of the baby is coming into a family, it doesn't seem real, does it? I remember when when my wife told me that she was pregnant with Joshua. I was like, oh, cool. (laughs) But I tell you what, the first time I laid my hand on her belly and I felt that arm or leg just go, it became real. It was very real to me. But see, when you hear about a baby, it's hard for it to be real at times. But when you can look at a baby, when you can feel the baby, when you can gaze at the baby, it's a game changer. This evening while we were singing our favorite Christmas hymns here on Christmas Eve, my, my youngest granddaughter, Lennon Jo, she wanted her papa to hold her. And I was singing. I was making a joyful noise to the Lord, by the way. (laughs) But I was singing, and that little girl, she grabbed my face, and she stared at my mouth. (laughs) As I was singing those songs to her, I realized she was taking every piece of it in. And as I looked at her, I'm like, this is real. This is very real And church, I want you to know a baby changes everything. A baby changes everything. Isn't it amazing how when you don't have any little ones around Christmas, it's just like, oh, it's Christmas. Man, you got a baby in the mix. It's amazing. See, a baby, it makes you think differently. It makes you look at things differently. And when you look at a baby, church, you should see hope. You should see absolute hope because a baby, it makes things look better. A baby means a new beginning. And so tonight, I want this baby that we are celebrating. The birth of Jesus Christ, I want the fact that we are celebrating this baby to be real to you. Not that you come to church on Christmas Eve because it's tradition, Not because you come to church on Christmas Eve because your kids ain't looking at the presents driving you crazy for an hour. That you're coming to church tonight because this is real to you. It's not just something that you hear about at church. It's something that needs to be real. So on this holy night tonight, the night to be celebrated, the night that we are to be lifting him up, church, that we are to be thankful do you realize that Jesus came to change the world for generations? So, as I asked Jed to come up here to the keyboard tonight, Jesus came to change the world for generations. And do you realize that this happened thousands of years ago? And look, we're still here. We're here tonight. We're celebrating thousands of years later because it's real. A baby changes everything. And we're here tonight remembering it. We're here tonight honoring it. We're here tonight to worship him for what it is that he's done. There's kids that are here tonight. They're excited. I tell you what, they're excited. I love to hear the chatter of excitement on Christmas Eve with the kids. If it drives you crazy, you need to go sit in a church that doesn't have any kids. You'll long for it. But do you realize that, church, every single one of us, we have an opportunity tonight to change the world for generations to come. To change the world for generations to come, and it's through our children as well. You have that power. And it's about teaching your children what tonight is really about. It's not about the presence. It's not about the lights. It's not about some overweight man. It's the fact that Jesus came to this earth, the greatest gift church that you can ever have. And you teach your children. And when you teach your children, do you realize you are literally changing the world for generations to come? The world will be different because of the hope that you've instilled in your child. So tomorrow, when you're sitting around that Christmas tree and your kids are, I mean, they're excited. Maybe it's your grandkids. They're all excited about what is in that package, that gift that someone got for them. I want to encourage you before you open anything, you teach your kids what Christmas is all about. That gift that's under the tree, It's going to break, sometimes in an hour. Or it went up in a closet, a yard sale, the dumpster. But the gift that God gave you in Jesus Christ, it's a gift that lasts an eternity. I had a man tell me one time, he said this, he said, I hope that my children make it to heaven. And I told him this, I said, you know what? Do you realize a large, large, large percentage of whether or not your kid makes it into the kingdom is up to you. It's that you teach them, you show them, you live by example because of the gift that you've been given through Jesus Christ. So tonight we're gonna get ready and we're gonna close But the song, Silent Night, and I want you to remember this, church. The one that brought light into the darkness is who we're celebrating. So as we get ready to light our candles tonight and you're going to sing that song, Silent Night, I want to encourage you to think about those words. I want to encourage you to check out for a minute from the commercialism of Christmas and just focus on what it is that Jesus Christ did for you. He came to earth for one reason, and it was to die a horrible death so that you and I can have the gift, church. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's already been paid for. The gift of eternal life, and it only is through Christ Jesus. So, church, I want you to stand with me tonight